morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Thursday for those that are here live. For those that are here any day of the week, thanks for tuning in. Rainy day here. You can tell by my crumpled shirt and hair caught in the rain this morning. It's amazing. The power of rain. Yeah, it's gloomy. It's gloomy on the East Coast. I don't know where you're from, Nurella, but I wonder. Uh, by us over here, it's a little gloomy, but it's okay. It'll clean up. It'll clear up. There's something very powerful about being home when it's raining outside. If you know what I mean. We've been talking about extreme. Oh, this LA also. We've been talking about extreme ownership, and the more I think about it, the more I'd say concerned I get that. I'm delivering it correctly because it's a very it's a very dangerous subject, extreme ownership. Because if you're by nature a more proactive, aggressive person, you can quickly fall into the trap that you own everything around you. Like you, you have to take ownership over people and over things. You know, I've been around enough companies to see that there's a lot of times where the most aggressive individual starts to assert his power. I'm not, I said his on purpose. Usually this falls out with the guy. I don't, I don't see this a lot with women. There are women that are aggressive and assertive, but I don't see them usurping power as much. Maybe I'm just not seeing it enough. But the, my exposure has been, and this happens in companies a lot, where there's like an aggressive type who's going to hear this extreme ownership thing and like go into the division and like get the CEO to give it to him. And like, he's in control of everything. It's a disaster. On the flip side, there are those that are much more passive and they're not going to really take control. They're just going to blame themselves for everything. So the reason why this person treats is because I must have. So understand that the world that we're entering into right now, like this happened, I've said this before is, is very, very delicate. We're playing with fire. We're talking about things that are complex. That's why we don't do this once and out. The concept of extreme ownership is a complex concept. And if you go too far to the right or to the left, you can potentially get hurt or hurt others. So let's sort of delve a little bit further into it today. What does it mean? Because very much related for those that will be observing this very much related to what we're about to come to in the holiday season. The whole high holiday process is really in some ways the process of teaching us how to take, you only just said it, greater responsibility. Because one of the great tragedies of our lives is the inability to take responsibility. And the reason why it's such a tragedy is because not only does it cause brokenness in our lives, it actually conditions us to be weaker and to see less. This happens a lot where you're in a relationship with something and it starts going off and you incline to blame the other person. And as soon as you do that, like I said yesterday, not only does both parties start to descend into the world of this, if you're watching American politics and you see like protests and they're both like yelling at each other, 
It's like both sides are like yelling and screaming and throwing things and like both sides are one million percent sure that all the fault belongs with the other side to the extent in which they can't possibly hear anything else. So not only will the whole relationship descend, what will happen is you will condition your eyes to not see the parts of your life that you can fix. You will condition yourself to see things that are usually out of your control, like someone else's problems. And then you will remind yourself and through neuroplasticity condition yourself to be more and more helpless because your eyes are not seeing the things that you can control, but focusing on the things you can't control. How many times has communities dealt with people that complain to the local, you know, leaders, whether that's the rabbi or the president of the shul, whether that's the local, whatever, the principal of the school, what it, just na- forget like the nation. Let's take like local organizations. How many times has like somebody come up with like a gripe about what's going on? And when the response is amazing, why don't you lead it? They're like, well, you know, I really can't. I'm busy. I got carpool and I got to really get to bed early tonight. So why are you complaining about it? They're like, no, I just want to let you know about it. So that person sees an issue has the strength to fix it, as the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, if you see a problem, it could be because you were in this world to fix it. Our strength is unlimited. Who knows what we can and can't do, right? We don't know until we do. So it's not like we know we can't handle something. So if you see a person complaining about something and not even trying, they're in this, they're in this trap. They're in this trap of, I have conditioned myself to see problems with other people so often that I don't even think I can fix it. I have weakened myself. I have clouded my vision. And if you look at the lives of entrepreneurs, as much as we want to make them out to be like, you know, kids that were brilliant, that dropped out of Stanford, there's millions of entrepreneurs out there whether they're entrepreneurs that we read about or entrepreneurs in a company, whatever it is, or, or, or mom and dad in the house, whatever it is, the innovation takes place constantly. And it's almost always with people that are just seeing the world from a place of, I can do something. It's not how smart you are or good your background is. That's just all Hollywood. For everyone that is smart, the one who isn't smart, there's money, the one that doesn't have money, everyone that comes from a great family, comes, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason in entrepreneurship. It's just, or innovation. It's just, this perspective of what can we control? What can I do? What can I take responsibility for versus woe is me? Mentalities are very powerful to access your powers. We did this a few weeks ago. Happiness, empowerment really accesses your power and disempowerment doesn't. That person who's disempowered doesn't have less power than the person who does. It's the disempowerment that blocks them. The, the perspective of I'm not taking responsibility disempowers. And even if you don't get everything, you get more. You get more. And if you ever wanted a proof, look at the state of Israel. 
who helped the state of Israel out? But God, like go through the history of the state of Israel. It's sad. I mean, it's really sad. I mean, they had people along the way that stepped up to help. You know, countries came in and out a little bit, but like, look at Israel and their cry to the world. Like, hey, by the way, guys, like there's a lot of enemies around us screaming for our annihilation. Like, you maybe want to sell us some like airplanes? Just read the history of how we had to, we had to like sneak ammunition into fight wars. Like if there would have been a country of like, people that would just spend all day blaming other people. I don't know. God wouldn't have room to operate with him. They're a country of like, we got to do it ourselves. So this idea of extreme ownership really doesn't, it's not, we're trying to control circumstances. It's not that. You have to be very careful that you're not in that space of like, I got this circumstances because that makes traffic insane. If you live in extreme ownership and you've got cars all around you, you're going out of your mind. You see people like this on the highway, right? They, they have no capacity to be an internal person. They're so extreme ownership. They're so dominant over their environment that when they sit in traffic, they can't even sit in traffic. They're like blinking, trying to get out, trying to get off, trying to get back on, trying to get off, trying to get back on. You know what I'm saying? You see those people? And it's funny because you're sitting in traffic and at some point, like it's traffic, like it is what it is. Like, it's not like we're running around to like, you know, broker some massive peace deal. Like, it's not like we're ER doctors trying to get to a hospital for the most part. We can give a half an hour here and there. And I, it's always, you see, you sit in traffic and after a while, like, okay, listen, you try your best. Like you use ways, you try to get around it. But like, if you're sitting, you're sitting and there's like that car, like two people in front of you, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like Honda Accord that was like re-souped up, right? With the crazy tires and the tinted windows. You know what I'm talking about that guy? You know what I'm saying? Like the chair all the way back. So like he's like leaning as he's driving that guy. Zipping, 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 zipping. He's getting on. He's getting on. He's going crazy. Right. And then all of a sudden, like he's off, he's on, he's off. And like 10 minutes later, you're just inching around and you see the guy like pull right back on the highway. You know what I'm talking about? Like that guy, he's asserting his control over circumstance. That's what I'm talking about. I'm asserting control over an experience. Remember, circumstances lead to experience, but experience is the internal part of you. We want an experience, right? The reason why I'm going to location B is because that's going to give me an experience. I want to get there on time because I want a certain experience. I want to feel calm and control. I want to see my friend. I want to go here. Whatever it is that we're looking for in life are just tools to give us an experience. Well, guess what? If I'm in control of my mind, then I am in control of my experiences. So if I'm sitting in traffic, I don't have to lose that feeling. I don't have to dip to negativity. I can figure out a way to remain positive because I can take ownership of how I feel no matter where I am. I can take ownership about what I say no matter where I am. I can take ownership no matter how I think no matter where I am. I can't control you, but I can control me. And when I see the world as an opportunity to benefit, when I see the whole world is built for me, that means I don't feel like I am victim to my circumstances. There's no concept of I am victim to circumstances. Now, it sounds extreme, but that's because we live in a world where everyone's in the same playground. 
that's a physical world that we're used to. We don't live in a world that is spiritual. We don't use spiritual eyes. We don't see our bodies as avatars in a physical world to build this internal piece of ourselves. And when challenges come at us, it's really for us. Now, we shouldn't need challenges, and we don't need to hope for challenges. We're supposed to be human beings and try to have a good life. But when we encounter a challenge, it really is how we react to it, the ownership of the internal parts of ourselves that, are, that is the true level of ownership. That's words out of the famous Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning when he was in the Nazi camps and realized that the Nazis can take everything from him except for his response. He understood that they can't deprive him of how he reacts internally. They can control the circumstance. They can't control the experience. That person who's annoying you doesn't have to annoy you because you're allowing it because you're the owner of your experiences. Now it may be harder And you may have to do certain things that are different than somebody else. But the ownership of how you feel, the ownership of how you act, really is only yours. That's extreme. You are in control of your life experience. And the more we realize that everything that comes to us in life is coming to us to make us bigger and stronger the more we start to look at the world through a different prism. Nobody can touch us if God doesn't want that. And we are not only here for a few years. We have a soul that is indestructible. We don't have the vision to see the world and to see the future. We just have now. And as we judge now, thinking we know, and as we control now thinking that we can control other people we start getting more and more frustrated with now the way we react to our spouses or our children when they're not doing what we think they should be doing is what's causing us the emotional challenges that we have it's not them that's doing it it's us that's doing it that's called extreme ownership I need my spouse to say the things in my head that's going to make me happy, even if they're justified. I have now, I have not built up strong enough filters so that even though I am not getting what I need, I am not thrown by that. It may be that I have to ultimately separate from the person. I'm not saying the actions may not be right. It may be that I shouldn't be giving to that person the level of, um, constant attention that they're getting. Maybe. There are times that a parent is supposed to pull from a child. There are times a parent is supposed to give to a child. Fine. But my emotional experience, my internal experience, that belongs only to me. That is totally impervious to somebody else's reaction to me. There's two parents. There's two types of parents. There's the parents that discipline the child in anger. Emotionally, their experience and, and physically their actions are aligned. You're not going to get that thing. Go to your room. And then there are parents that are emotionally one way and physically another way. They are 
physically disciplining their children, maybe even feigning some level of frustration, but internally, they're not thrown. They're in total control. This, is, this sounds a little, it's not, this, is, this, is our, this is our life's job. And if it takes all of our lives to get this right, then that's a life worth living. Yeah. This is what we're here for. We're here to be big people. And big people aren't thrown by other people. And big people take ownership for themselves. Big people don't react in anger when someone says something wrong to them. Because they've taken extreme ownership of their lives. And when you do that, what ends up happening is you start seeing the challenges that are in front of you in a much more strategic way. Since you can't blame other people, once that's off the table, then, and you don't have to control the circumstances, so that's off the table. Think about how much you've just now pulled off your plate. When you pull off your plate, I don't got to change the circumstances. That's God's business. And I don't have to figure you out and control you. That's off the table. If all I got to worry about is myself and how I am asserting and how am I acting in the world, I don't have to worry about like when I say this, will they do this? I don't know what they'll do. I got to figure out what I should say because it's right. What they'll do is what they'll do. Once that's off the table and once I can't blame them for things, so I have to walk around with that grudge and that like constant loop of the things that I want to tell them or will tell them or should have told them, once that's gone, once that voice is off the table and once this, guess what happens? We got room to work. Like you can breathe and get, get cracking. And then you could be strategic about, okay, how do I deal with that next time? How do I make that better? What do I got to do? Why did that happen for? Why do I feel this way for? That's when the journals start becoming so much more rich that's when the work becomes so much more relevant. That's the essence of standing. I got to read these questions later. For those who are, who, are, who are texting me questions, make sure you email them to me so that I can deal with them tomorrow. Charlie at charlieharari.com. But we can't get to a place where we can feel good about working. This is the world we're going to get into next week called flow getting excited about working, getting excited about change, getting excited about, about renewal, looking forward to ways that I can rethink a way of doing something and testing out in the world, getting excited about, can I fix this? Can I fix this? Not for them, but m my version of it. How do I get better here? And how do I get happier here? And once we get into a place where I can't blame and I can't control, now what's left is the time and the attention and the patience to how I experience the world and how I give to other people and how I can react and I can control that. So I can work with that. And I, I don't have to wait for you to respond to me. And I don't have to have that, that feeling hovering over me. So now I have... The, the eyesight, I have the vision to 
to, to taking ownership over my problems. This is my problem. This is my fault. Not like I'm a victim, but like, okay, I was sort of wrong here too. Okay, how do I get better here? Not like I was wrong and then you were wrong. We got to talk about it and be dramatic. No, I know they may have been wrong, but I was also a little wrong. I know I was, I was. That's the conversations that are so powerful when you say to yourself, I know, but I was a little wrong. I know she said that thing, but I was insensitive to. I don't got to tell anybody. It's me and my journal. It's me and myself. I was insensitive to. I know they didn't listen to me, but like the truth is, maybe I didn't stress my value strong enough. I could have done it better. I could have. They could have listened to me, and maybe it is their fault, but I could have been stronger. I could have taken a bigger stance when I had the opportunity. Okay. I don't got to control them. I don't got to blame them. But now I could, okay, what do I do now? You start seeing things. You start to uncover the stuff that we do wrong. And when it doesn't have to be a conversation and a therapy, and that it could just be you and yourself and your thoughts and your growth that's when change really starts to happen. That's why if you notice this period of time called the high holidays, although there are things you got to do and you reconcile, but really it's very much internal work. You're praying, you're introspecting. It throws people off because we'd rather be around people and having fun. It's hard to be alone in our prayers and our thoughts. That's where the work happens. Now we'll get to this next week. We're going to try to hit this hard as we prepare ourselves for that, uh, that day. All right. Thanks everybody. Remember tomorrow is Q and a day. Um, Charlie at charlieharry.com. Ask me the questions and hopefully we'll get to as many as we can. Thanks so much, everybody. With God's help. Can't wait to see you tomorrow.